anybody else ready to rumble? Because Joey's got to do a, a fancy big intro. If, if, <laughs> if he's got one, because this is your your shebang of 2024. Hey man, the first shebang of 2024. Awesome. <laughs> up for right? up for the movie up for the movie chops today. We got an incredible movie featuring two incredible people and many other incredible people, but it's really about two incredible people. <laughs> Number one. Are they both the same person? No, no, two different. Well, one of them. Ooh. Oh, shit. You got me on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got three incredible people. We got Nick Cage playing Nick Cage. That's the two incredible people. And then we got <laughs> we got Pedro Pascal, man. This movie is we're today we're up doing uh wow this is a rough intro because I can't get my thoughts together right. But today right. on the block we got the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yay! Woo! Yes, yes, yes. Dude, who's ever playing Nick Cage in this movie? Fucking killed it. sounded just like him and looked just like him (laughs) just a little bit older just a little older but we see some clips of his younger self it seems he's Mm -hmm. he's still kicking (laughs) yeah what do you mean he he didn't go anywhere so like what like what what's up what i love i love it (laughs) joey loves it yeah. What'd you guys think? Well, I've Michael I've, let you I'll let you go. <laughs> well, I've seen this film a time or two before, so I knew what I was getting into. Uh which might not be the case for Mr. Lou when, when he has to say something. But I love it, dude. I saw this like the day it came out in theaters. Holy shit. Fucking... Yeah, I think I, I think I caught it a little bit after it came out, but like pretty close to when it came out. I think as soon as it hit like HBO or something like that, that's when I caught it. Yeah, I I I had a good good theater trip. People were into it somehow. Uh, you know, they did this like during COVID, and then it came out a little after the real big COVID bubble or whatever you want to call it. So maybe there wasn't still a packed out theater like a lot of big movies or, you know, the Marvel movies at the time or whatever it would be. But it was still like, there's still a good chunk of people there. They're having fun. Everyone was laughing and crying. I don't know what else there is in this. Uh, it's an adventure, man. It's a, f- Dude, it's a full on genre of clusterfuck of <laughs> a bunch of Nick Cage movies. Um <laughs> And I think that was the I think that was the intent, or maybe I did some research and found out if it was the intent or not. But I still thought that initially upon seeing it, and I was I was into it like the whole time. I want to know like where certain people fell off if they did or not with this movie, like while watching it, because I there's points in the points in it where I'm just like I don't know, maybe maybe Lou like hates the fuck out of this movie. Maybe. No, I, 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 can, I can confirm that I, I did not hate this movie. I saw it uh, as soon as it came available to rent, um, rented it like via pay-per-view or whatever um, off like Amazon. And, you know, I think watched it twice because it was like a 48 hour rental. Um, nice. Watch it twice. Watch it twice. Uh, 
yeah just it, it it's it's kind of like tropic thunder in the sense that it's a movie about a making of a movie but not really a movie that's where the split is between tropic thunder because they actually made that movie yeah whereas lots this, of meta moments for sure yeah a lot a lot of meta moments um no it's it's definitely unique and it was cool to see you know nick cage kind of lean in to what i feel like people have criticized him for over the past x amount of years um right being a little goofy being a little over the top uh i i think there's kind of a charm to that personally so (laughs) yeah dude it was nice to see that in action that's how you get the fans Mm -hmm. which is which is funny though because it is one of those situations uh, like that you can't have a venn diagram of like the reasons of why he has some really big fans are like the exact reasons why some people hate him or or they don't like his act or whatever movies you know it's (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh yeah he's over the top and it's in the cage every time and i'm like yeah it's awesome what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) so you get it but you don't like it (laughs) yeah Yeah, i don't really i i don't understand that he's i I don't understand i don't understand kind of the the shade on it it's like do you want every movie to be citizen kane like what the fuck like can (laughs) can you just appreciate this actor for what he's doing currently you know like in front of you right now with this ridiculous movie i know right i think it's one of those like i'm gonna call him an a-lister i don't give a shit what people say but he's one of those a-listers that just does so much that some people just love to hate but i don't think you're gonna find that with the three of us because we have done in our inaugural season one of the last episodes we did was a nick cage movie so this isn't out of our wheel box entirely no. Wheelbox? Mm-hmm. Toolbox? Wheelhouse. 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 It's, it's <laughs> like, combined, all right, so you just, you had a I hot combined, box. What's it with the boxes? I, and I, you guys mangling is a, dude, I, dude, that was my Everything's a hot box when you smoke as much pot as we do. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just like a wheel, just like a wheel box, right? <laughs> yeah. A, a wheelbarrow full of weed. Oh, man. Like 10 minutes in, and I already said the wrong God, word. I'm craving some hot box mm. pizza. I'm not lie. No, you're good. I needed to draw back to the hot box pizza comment. I had to draw back to that. Okay, yes. That one reflects on Joey, though. Let's let everybody know that. I. I work. Oh yes. Oh yeah. I work in a pizza place. I know. Yeah, that was a Joeyism. I made a Rickyism there, but I heard it this time. It's the times that I don't notice when I do it, and then I'm editing back and listen, and I'm like, "There's nothing I can do. It's done. That's like a (laughs) it's like a botched fill when you're mixing a year and a half later. There's nothing. You're done. There's no fixing that. It's just (laughs) it feels. It is what it is. Yeah. So Nick Cage is close to our hearts. There, I can't fuck up that Mm -hmm. expression. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I hold his DVDs on my chest when I go to sleep. Yep, that's yes. what I mean. <laughs> so then, uh, so, so Lou, you still you still saw it, but maybe not, but maybe a little, uh, maybe like right around when Joey did on the, you know, whatever streaming release or VOD, kind of yeah, well, whatever the heck. If I remember you correctly, they it. did like a joint. They did a joint like release where it's VOD and theaters. Like you know how they were trying to test the waters with that for a minute. Where they'd have something in theaters. Yeah, you know and... what? I'm, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't remember. I just knew that after South by Southwest, it was doing well enough to where it was going to get like the, 
however number, you know, theaters in the U.S. or whatever to be like, all right, you're a real movie now. People like it, so we'll put it on these extra fucking, you know, 1,200 screens, basically. Probably way more than that, but I feel like it's usually a couple thousand or something across the the big areas. And w- there's a couple big theaters near nearby us, which, which is lucky enough. So uh, it was at one of the malls, you know? It was, like, not all over, but definitely like one of the 18 theater megaplexes or whatever the fuck it is in colony or albany like they definitely had it because they have a bunch of fucking movies they always get all those like indie darlings if they're well like that's the same like a month or maybe around the same time or right before is when i saw everything everywhere all at once after that came out of south by southwest and was just like oh everyone's loving this like hey turned out people still loved it a year later for award season so that was, mm-hmm. so that was like, it was, and those are like two of like my top five movies of like 2022 of that year, probably. So it was funny that I saw them both like in the random springtime at the theaters, but, but yeah, but it is like a spring summer adventure release kind of movie. Seems like it could have been a really big deal coming out of COVID. So I didn't, I wasn't really sure if you guys uh, knew if it was in theaters or not, but I'm sh- it feels just as good watching it from the couch. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Dang right. <laughs> That's where I watch yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's a good chunk of action where, like, it was fun on the big screen, but it was mainly, like, the audience, uh, you know, Yeah, appeal. laughing along and shit, yeah. Yeah, people were really laughing at every, you know, I think we've talked about this before with, like, the visit and like <laughs> movies that oh were people laughing like how was that in the theater yeah this one it is funny it's not shying away from goofiness people laughed and maybe cried so, I don't know. so joe <laughs> so joey what what led you to to decide and land on this banger here yeah I'm curious. Odd, bro. well i've just been like wanting to do Honestly, ever since I watched this, I wanted to do on the podcast because I knew the three of us would get, you know, would really like this movie and have something to say about it. And we all like Nick Cage. We all like Pedro very Pastor. up our alley. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's like the perfect movie to do for the podcast. I felt like I I felt like when I picked it. Also, like, the it's genre still blend, new, it's still you know? relevant. You know exactly. It's got a genre blend. It hits a whole bunch of different things, man. Like all I, the I Nick just, Cage movies. I felt like it was a movie screaming to be on our podcast. This is like nine Nick Cage movies, like in one, basically. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's pretty good. I mean, you know how a lot of the modern day like movies that are trying to be too woke are just like they're. I think they're the term is like blender movies. Like you just throw all of these kinds of like thing, you know, elements from like all these classic movies I'm everyone knows, movies. or yeah. yeah, or all these pop culture references, or like blatant like homages and ripoffs, and then they just combine all of them into one, and that's a big thing lately. But this one is like with Nick Cage anchoring it, all of it kind of makes sense. Besides, you know, like maybe getting drafted by the CIA or whatever, like that situation. What <laughs> I don't know for what's being <laughs> for what's being written, everything feels just like very human you know i think it's that chemistry between him and pedro yeah Mm -hmm. we do love ourselves a good buddy movie and uh and we can't really escape like the mystery thriller aspect of stuff you know it feels like the last like fucking like five out of seven movies movies (laughs) we've done all like touch on that like this one you know it's just one of those like five 
kind of genres in it. But, you know, at that point when they like throw him in the van and he fucking touches his forehead with the thing by accident and shit like that's all very like, ooh, now I don't know if Avi's actually a good guy or not. And suddenly there's this mystery added into it. Like, that's where I think a lot of people that don't just love Nick Cage and all those elements and genres and stuff that he does will probably be like, all right, there's too much going on. I'm not into this anymore. Like that's what I'm thinking is, all right, I can see the too much happening and it just jumping from that to a fucking buddy acid trip, like 15 minutes, you know, and then there's a chase scene and a shootout and all this stuff. Like, yeah, there's a fucking lot going on. I was like, damn, Joey fucking picked a good one. Holy yeah. I always try to. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's yeah, it's funny to make the joke of just being like, Joey finally picked a good one this time. <laughs> it's like, no, this is yeah, just I didn't pick, I didn't pick a recent. bad taste. Yeah. <laughs> that was in good taste. So yeah. So Joey, what let me what what, what is Nikki in your mind? Ooh, that's good. What do you think Nikki is? And then next up's the elevator pitch. So start thinking, buddy. (laughs) This is, uh, so Nikki, (laughs) I think, is freaking Nicolas Cage's schizophrenic, you know, episodes. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, it's just like. There is no right answer, by the way. I don't know. I don't know what Nikki is either. I'm just curious trying to create, you know, I I always, I knew this would come up. I, I was I was thinking the whole time he was just having like schizophrenic episodes, just like this is this is when Nick Cage outlashes. This is why he's outlashing. <laughs> mm. Do you think it's like a it's like an angel concept. demon? It, it, yeah, uh, it's like the conflict. Yeah, it's, it's his little uh, ooh, like animal house. Shoulder. Fucker, fucker brains out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I, yeah. I was I was it's curious kind of how you inter- interpreted that. Yeah, that, that's how I saw it, at least. Crazy little episodes. Definitely a little devil on his shoulder trying to, like, you know, sway his life into, like, maybe not necessarily the greatest decisions, you know, trying to, you know, trying to push his career forward, trying to make him that movie star. But it's not make it's taking away his humanity mm-hmm. and making him more of just like a robot. Ooh, that's, that's well, making him more Nicholas fucking Cage, right? Yeah, right. Nick fucking Cage. Or is it like the, fan the movie, the movie star? Right, right, exactly. Because that first time we see Nikki, that's what I love about it is, you know, Nick Cage, Nick Cage says uh, something about being an actor. He uses the term actor, and that's when Nikki snaps and is like, "No, He's you like, are no, a you're fucking a movie, movie star. star." Yeah, I think that's. I think it's just the younger, like, I think it's just '90s Cage. Yeah. You know, like that's when. So he's taught. So he's talking to his younger self, or is it a yeah manifestation think... of like a oh. higher self being like, oh, I'm using yeah. this to help I mean, validate yeah. certain. You know, like I'm. He's having like because we visions for sure. If that's what you're getting at, and Joey with the with the schizophrenia schizophrenia thing, <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's like the movie star like on the rise, like how, just how he keeps catapulting himself throughout the 90s and how like he's dressed in the wild at heart outfit which is like the very beginning of the 90s so i don't know Mm -hmm. that's that's why i'm like i don't know exactly where in this era i think it's just a combination of like 
what younger like in his mind in nick cage's mind air quotes like deems this as the most successful version of himself maybe is as the like big 90s movie star who you know wins an oscar and then does fucking action movies it's something like that it seems like because it's it is just driving him towards like or maybe not towards but like away from family and love and more selfish actor means right or movie star means not actor ah. <laughs> now everyone's confused yeah that what about you i like it <laughs> what do you think nikki is I, I i don't i think the first thing is like i don't know um i think part of it is it, it, it's 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 a manifestation of how people validate decisions and I think that he's using, you know, essentially a, a character that really kind of put him in the spotlight at a very important time in his career. And he's using that as kind of like a reminder, which is interesting because you never see the opposite of that. You don't see like, you know, him in like, I don't know, fucking like Primal or something, you know, some random movie that not a lot of people saw yeah. to be like, no, man, you're done with your career. It's just like him. You had the it, the juxtaposition was there wasn't like it wasn't like a a demon, an angel and him. It was just something being like, no dude, like you're the catalyst. Like I'm reminding you of who you really are and how you can perpetuate your career versus like the real life shit. So I don't, I don't know. You know how some people like whatever they meditate and they get in contact with like their higher self or something or like guardian angels or whatever the fuck, however you Mm want to categorize that they contact with this shit and they use it to, to again, to push and validate certain decisions I don't know what it is. I just thought it was an interesting way because it was himself at a very different time in his career. And it's basically telling him who he is, even though at the time when that character was created wild at heart, Nick Cage was a thing, but not nearly as a thing as he was yeah, I know, in the right? latter half of that, that decade. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, <clears throat> it's very interesting of how that was presented. Um, and, and how you know, he as, sees as, as, his as younger self or whatever. Yeah. Right. And like, and like, I know, like in wild at heart, like the promotion for that and all that bullshit, there's the whole thing where it's like, Hey, went on a talk show and was like all wild and zany and yeah, all that that's shit. But like, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's it. It, it's, it's like, I, it's like, I understand that, but it's, it's interesting that that was what was chosen. That's, that's what I'm getting at because you can kind of rationalize it in a number of different ways. That's why I wanted to ask you guys about it. Cause I don't know what it is. I just know what it seems like, you know, what it could be the episodic, the episodes you're talking about, uh, Joey, where it's, he's like, it occurs every time he almost has a break. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. I'm giving up like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, fuck you, dude. You know, he makes out with himself yeah, in a restaurant, right. like, or a bar or whatever, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I think, just I think we're all right. I think we're all pretty much right in how we're seeing or the ways they want us to see or whatever the movie yeah. people want us to see it. They're trying to leave it up to your interpretation of what it is. I feel like. Mm-hmm. We're, I think we're well, roughly like, there. It got, it got me thinking too. Cause like, I was curious if he was trying to, you know, if that choice, like in preparation for this, like I did a little bit of digging. Like if, you know, is Nicolas Cage religious? And like, is he outspoken? Some actors, are. some actors, actresses are. Some actors, actresses aren't. And wasn't really able to find a bunch. He 
kind of a little closed off to like being openly like, yeah, I'm like hyper religious. And, you know, it's not like a Chris Pratt situation where it's like, you know, born again, whatever the fuck, you know, or whatever. I don't give a shit. I got his religion wrong. He's not outwardly religious. Okay. <laughs> Nick Cage is not outwardly Scientologist, religious. As far as I that's tell. what I would <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. Anyway, we can move on beyond that that boring ass shit i was curious what you guys thought no that was i i thought that was interesting because then uh, that's there's... a pretty big part of the movie so that's a pretty good question man yeah and like is it a little bit later that there's like the therapy session where he basically like hashes out probably what he's thinking in real life when he's like hello it's my job <laughs> I, I have bills, mm-hmm. I feed my family, and it's always people criticizing how many movies he's doing, how much he's working, and how half of them are stinkers, and then half of them are, like, huge movies that everyone knows, and it's just like, yeah, he it's his job. Yeah, he treats it this way that a lot of actors might not, but, man, there's that, there's that like, 2010s era where he seriously cranked out, like, five or six movies a year for, yeah. a, couple, for a couple years in a row, and... If you look through, they all are that perfect mix of like, yeah, primal, but but then fucking like, you know, Joe with David Gordon Green. Like the, there's just like the yin to the yang there of like he just takes fucking jobs. I feel like he gets offered a million one things and still says mm-hmm. yes to like as many as he basically can. He likes to work. Well, the it's, job. it's interesting. It's interesting like hearing that point brought up because like I know, um, I know someone who like gives, you know, act, you know, gives advice basically to young actors and actresses, um, Danny Trejo, like one of his big, uh, things that he has given as pieces of advice to people who are just starting out. He's like, don't turn down anything. That's why it's like, if you look at his, like his list of like credits, it's like Danny Trejo has been in a lot of shit, a lot oh, of great yeah. things that we all know him from speaking of Nick Cage, Con Air tie-in, but also Boom. like. He's been in a lot of shitty movies as well. So um, that's also, I think you, yeah, he, he, the, the point is it's interesting when you have these, like these people that they're workaholics and someone like Danny Trejo came up kind of the hard way. He, his, uh, his resounding advice to people starting out is like, you take everything, take everything. And it's cool to see that Nick Cage isn't like so far up his own ass where he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to take everything. Cause I'm a worker. You know what I mean? Like he has that whole monologue about him, like loving the art of storytelling and uh, myth making and all that shit. And part of me wonders how much of that is him talking and how much of it is the script, you know, yeah. I don't read the script script reads me. You know what I mean? It's just like how much of it is, is, is that. So this is like the close fictional kind of like movie playing on real life. Like maybe tying back to when we did fucking digging up the marrow because people are using their real names, but it's still not real but like wants you to think it is because it heightens the adventure or whatever like there's the meta layers dude it definitely can get funky because i feel like a lot of this is him being like uh this isn't this isn't me in real life and then there's these little things that are oh no but it's totally that that matches up completely so maybe maybe some of those what you're thinking about lou it's true Mm. especially like millions of like easter eggs to his other movies that are blatantly like acted out in this movie he had to like be okay with <laughs> right so so actually here's here's my next question because i have prepped questions for you guys Ooh, here's my really? next question is how so d- describe to me the relationship between 
uh, frosted head man and our boy fucking Pedro. Like, what the? F- because like, like it got a like little convoluted for me. Yeah, like cousin? walk me through that a little bit. It's cousin, yeah. Is his, co- so, is his cousin? It's his essay. Yeah, because one of them uh, is the money. One of them is the money. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, they do kind of. Please yeah, help me understand like, that shit quickly. He's like the so his cousin's like the whole like head of everything. Like the whole thing. Like, whole <laughs> his problem. cousin's the bad guy. Spoiler. His cousin. Yeah. His. Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is kind of a spoiler. <laughs> Shit. Nah. Watch this movie before you listen to this episode. <laughs> exactly. We're like half an hour in. They're not they're not getting here now unless they actually yeah. watch it. Yeah, no. Nah, <laughs> no, you're good. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah, no. So like his cousin's like the bad guy and like using him as like the face of the operation, pretty much. So Javi never wanted to get involved in that shit. That's basically yeah. why he's like, my name's on everything, but everyone knows it's my brother's company. Like he didn't want to follow in the family footsteps because he says how when his dad died, like he turned over the business as the next, you know, whatever the heir, the heir to the business throne. I don't know, but he doesn't want to do that. He wants to watch Nick Cage movies. <laughs> And make movies. Wait, wait, wait. So yeah, hold right. on a minute. So the the organ the organization has both legitimate and illegitimate, you know, like a like a I guess a good cartel would have. Um, they have like an illegal operation and a legal operation, correct? Oh yeah, but like Javi is blind to the illegal is what it seems like yeah. during the serial scene, okay. you know, like that's that's mm-hmm. him finding that's him finding out, right? Or it's the whole audience also finding out who the real villain is, which is good, like for that mystery aspect, you know. However, much a mm. chunk of the middle of that movie is, you are kind of then wondering, like, is Javi the bad guy? For everyone that's watched Pedro Pascal in his natural state of television, you know that he can bring like an intensity of not just being this, like, you know, happy little trust fund guy on an island in Majorca. Like, he, <laughs> he, he, he can get dark and shit, dude. So I was definitely mm-hmm. kind of fooled when I first saw uh, when I first saw this in theaters. I was wondering the whole time. I was like, well, is he going to be bad? Like, ooh, he can. And then, you know, that's why I say everything before 2022, because now he's just, he's daddy to everybody. <laughs> in in <True>. many ways. <laughs> True. <laughs> Yeah, Mando. Eh, I guess Mando was probably a little. The first season was probably right before this, but still, like he's he's not remotely like as huge of a star two years ago as compared oh, to like, yeah. immediately after this movie came out. I feel like that's the big push of a million other people seeing this movie is then realizing that he's like the next main character next to Cage. I feel like when this, what when this movie came out, that's like push that's when for like publicity and shit, you know, marketing. <laughs> I think that's also when the also like, you know, told, you know, not, it didn't come, it came out like later in that year, I'm pretty sure, but like it was also being teased around then with Pedro Pascal as the, oh, yeah, the main knew. actor too. Yeah, yeah. You knew he was going to be Joel for a while before. Yeah. I, I don't remember how long it was, but it was like, I think, I think between Mandalorian and that, that also helped a lot too. <laughs> well, yeah, because then wasn't it the, when the last of us finally came out, it was premiering like kind of coinciding with the newest season of the Mandalorian. And it was just yeah, like, dude, I'm pretty sure. this guy is the biggest fucking guy on streaming TV right now. Holy shit. And then they go, look everybody and see loves the him. most recent movie he did. Yeah. Everybody does love him. He's incredibly likable. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's an awesome dude. 
。いいぜ、キュウリ。Okay, so the cousin, the cousin was running basically the back end, the back end criminal aspect of the organization, while Pedro was essentially a trust fund slash figurehead for the entire operation, both good and bad, and he wasn't aware of the bad. That's what, what I, is, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what、okay. I took from it. I don't, Joey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Especially by the like serial was... scene, as I'm calling it. The serial well, scene yeah, well, was the, the big reveal of the, all the of that. Fruit Loop scene. <laughs> <laughs> American serial. No, that, okay. That's all, that's all I needed to, that's all I needed to wrap my head Does around. Does that help? I was like sitting there and I'm just like,、more? it was good. It was good. It was just they, they kind of glossed over that piece. And it's like, I know that he was like taken aback, like, you didn't actually capture, you know, you didn't actually kidnap the, her, his daughter or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, we did, you know, we definitely did that. And he laughs in his face and it was kind of like, wait a minute. Like, so you're hanging out with this dude who's like a hyper criminal and you think he's joking about committing like, You know, acts of treason against foreign government, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> hyper, like crazy, you know, fucking true,、uh, yeah. kidnappings and, you know, <laughs> essentially extortion or forcing a political leader's, you know, arm to drop out of a fucking, you know, presidential race yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that is like the crux of that whole opening scene, basically, with that girl. Like, that was the whole, oh, now we're going to have another、mm-hmm. daughter kidnapped as well. So, so he has to drop out of the race. And it's like, oh my God, well, now. Now, his daughter is just a pawn. Now they're just pawns in like this bigger thing, basically. This whole big scheme.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there, I, that's so, how I took it. Between the two of you, like, can you think of any movies that were similar to this type of a vehicle where you have a normal person who's thrown in the middle of like a legit like CIA, FEA, like sting operation? And not necessarily to the point where it's so meta, where it's like, you're Nick Cage, the actor. It's more like, you're just a kind of a normal guy, even though it is Nick Cage. Are there any, have, can we think of any movies that are similar to that? Yeah, for I sure. I mean,、dude. Mike,、Steven、I know you'll. Soderbergh's The Informant with Matt Damon. There you go. <laughs> I, I would. Fell asleep. I fell asleep about a half hour into that movie. I, we all did. It's okay. I was kind of thinking like Escape from New York and Escape from LA, but Snake's not really like. Like, Ooh, not, I, you know, he's kind of like, he, I don't know if I, I mean, I'm, I value your opinion, but <laughs> I don't know. If it, it's I don't, not I don't know because, like, it's different because Snake's like a trained, like, you know, badass, you know, like, he's not just a civilian taken off the streets and, you know, expected to be like a, a thing for the government. Yeah, you know, he's not a normal government. guy. Yeah, he's yeah, not a normal no, guy. He's... It's the <sighs> that's just the first thing that came to my mind. I mean, both. Well, one of them is a great movie, but I will say that, like, that I, 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 see, I see your statement. I was thinking, I, I was、agree. thinking more of like, I was, I was thinking, I was thinking more along the lines of like, you have a seemingly average,、uh, Nick Cage again, not average, but a normal guy. And he finds himself in the middle of this complex fucking like crime surveillance slash sting operation. And he's got to continue to be himself around what he finds out to be. Is not necessarily a criminal warlord, but he's it, he's on the cartel's compound essentially, or he's, mean, in, he's wrapped up in something like that, you know? I mean, there's definitely、maybe? something that, like, there's definitely oh, 100%.、Something. Maybe that, 100%. like, that's Leo's character in essence. I don't know. Me? What did I say? Did you say the departed? I, yeah, I said the departed. Yeah, actually, that's 
that's not bad. I mean, he's a wannabe cop, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, okay. But works. he, but he, is, works. but you know, in the movie, he still is playing like this version of an average B- Joe. Billy Costigan. But yeah, but like mm-hmm. they know his name, they know his family. That's how, that's the whole reason fucking Martin Sheen and Mark Wahlberg are like, you're never going to be a real cop. You're going to be our fucking bitch now because of your name and we can use you and your name fucks you from ever being a cop because you're related to all these criminals and whatever. Like, yeah, I don't know. So he kind of is still playing himself and was just a fucking dude before that, but just happens to have that name attached to him. I don't know. This is Mm -hmm. more, this is sounding more of like early, uh, Nick Cage, Nick Coppola. I'm now realizing is just what I'm saying. That's. Mm-hmm. I was just I was I was interested <laughs> in in that like approach, Dude, like because it, it, it's a pretty. It's a matrix. The matrix. What? The matrix. There you go. Okay. <laughs> it's not a government. But he doesn't know thing, what he is, man. But ma- totally... but Neo's the one. Yeah, he is the one. Yeah, he's been here true. for you all along. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, moving on. I was just, I, dude, I, I there's, wanted to, I wanted to there's for sure like a movie that is exactly more of this, like, kind of, I don't know, like, like safe men, eh, not safe men, but like, there's something that is exactly we're, what you were just saying. We just, we're the Millers. <laughs> we're the Millers. Oh. <laughs> no, they changed their names. I think they changed their names in that. I think they have fake names. Galaxy so can't Quest. Galaxy Quest. That okay. Is... All right. All right. There's a perfect wow. example. There's wow. a perfect example. There we knocked go. that one Fucking... out of the park, Joey. Oh, Joey, there we go. Your episode. You're just nailing it. <laughs> fuck off for not thinking of Galaxy Quest. We mentioned it in half the podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, for real. God fucking damn it. Yeah. All right. Well, all right, guys. Enough stalling. I need to know what your third favorite movie of all time is. Like... Mm. There's I think new... that's one of the most that's one of the hardest <laughs> that's one of the hardest questions to answer dude no but I, I, I was that's I... what's great when he says just what is your favorite movie and the way that he unboxes that is like how I always feel when somebody asks me and that's why I was like look are we gonna finally exclaim any news to people here because you you guys all know I like have my defaults of depending on who's asking me but like 75% of the time I just say idle hands usually yeah. And most of the time someone says, who's that? What's that? So it's fun. But like, I don't What do you guys do? Do you actually, did any of you like rank, you think about that? Like, I know we've done four movies that Joey's chosen on here that he said are his favorite movies of all time. So like, <laughs> I mean, how, how do you narrow it down like that and do it? But also like the movie made it hilarious with the tie-ins of like number one face off. And then he's just like, oh, thank you. And like bows to him and shit. And so like. <laughs> Yeah, everyone loves Face Off. Like it's fucking crazy. I mean, who's fucking I'm, nuts? <laughs> I'm kind of the same way. I it kind of depends on who I'm talking to, you know. Like, but but even, it also yeah, depends yeah, on how I'm feeling true. because like there's movies that like I absolutely love. Like there's like my two favorite movies of all time, and I have a hard time picking which one's the favorite. Well, one. it's changed throughout it's your like, life, probably. That's my no. Issue. These these two movies have never. Changed always been fucking rocky horror picture show or army of darkness those are my two hands down yeah i knew all I, fucking yeah, time i knew you're gonna say like those, those are two of the four yeah. i was thinking <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i it'll always be one of those two for the favorite like i can't think i can't really rank movies it's really hard 
Yeah, I know. I'm not good at it either, but I know sometimes it's fun to be like, if you had to, and then we do that yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Like, oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's yeah. Well, it's it's it more so became a thing of us like making fun of elitists that actually care about that shit, and we just yeah. do it to have have fun and share our opinions because that's what they are here, just opinions, people. TM trademark co, co- copyrighted us. Um, but yeah, for Lou. I know if that's too much for you. I was also going to say, though, like Javi does, what would do you, does anyone have like favorite Nick Cage movies? Would you say? Is there like, oh man, one or oh, two yeah. that really, yeah, what do you, yeah, okay, dude, Con Air, The Rock, um, nice, and yeah. from there, I don't know, I have a hard time picking a third one because I feel <clears> like there's so many, like, like I know we've talked about it, like, <clears throat> I really like, I really like Matchstick Men. I really think that's a fun ass fucking movie. I also do, as we mentioned Sam Rockwell about four times earlier. Correct. Or movies he's in as well. Yeah. That kind of goes with So Yeah, I love that movie. It's it's like it's like hard because I feel like it's like the first two I can name and I have reasons as to why they're favorites because I've just seen them so much. I think The Rock was on fucking like TNT like my entire childhood. Um, And Ed Harris was just (laughs) such like a badass, like scorned ex-military like leader, like, Uh, you know, elite. We're going to take over. It was just so cool to me. I like that. And the visuals were crazy. Well, and what's what's funny about that is like I fucking hate Michael Bay, but I just named off two Michael Bay movies. So it's kind of a love-hate. It's a love-hate thing. What did he follow that Um, up with? (laughs) Well, he he's just trying to remake things from our childhood and has failed miserably thus no, far I when he has dipped his after, fucking penis into the water. You know, um, you're right. I'm, I meant after. Oh, he's the always rock, dipping his nuts and favorite. shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, uh, if so so yeah, so I would say I would say it pro- it probably gets more into like uh, like Thai territory when I get to the third. But those two, I can definitively say like I've just I've seen them so much. They're fun. I I, I love them. Uh, yeah, yeah, those those are my those would be my faves, and then I would say yeah, but I would put Magic Men probably at a at a at a third. Um, you know, yeah, that's I, I, without overthinking it. That's pretty much where I'm at with it. What exactly. about uh, what about yourself? Me, uh, I mean Conair. It's kind of I feel like the Nick Cage question is easy because it's like a Nick Cage vehicle where like he is the star. You know, there's plenty of those. The Conair one kind of like coincides with you know favorite steve buscemi movie so that's why it's like almost Mm -hmm. almost a cheat for me but also that movie was on tnt or usa like every fucking day when i was growing up and i always thought when he's fighting in the weird um uh like the the luggage area with the like why didn't you just put the bonnet back in the box i was always like I didn't understand the entire rest of the movie, but I thought that and Steve Buscemi singing with the little girl were hilarious. And I was just like, I don't understand this tone, but I love this movie. (laughs) Like I don't. And everyone in that movie has to have fucking as their middle name too. Like, are you Steve fucking Buscemi, Nick fucking Cage, John fucking Malkovich, Mickle fucking Williamson, (laughs) John fucking Cusack. Like, are you shitting me? MC motherfucking Ganey. Hmm. I mean, cast of casts, right there. It's, one it's, it's one just, could argue. <laughs> Ving motherfucking Rames. I mean, like, come on, dude. Dave motherfucking Chappelle. Like, it's just, yeah. I don't know. That's that's an easy go-to without thinking about it. But I do also really love adaptation. When I saw that, because I'm a huge 
Spike Jones and Charlie Kaufman fan or right is that the yeah that's his name like dude ugh, that movie's just nuts in a million other different ways but him playing the two versions of himself like I also always think of that scene where he busts out the recorder and is like sitting alone it's like Charlie Kaufman sits alone and fat listening to himself alone and fat and it's just like he becomes so meta he puts himself into the story and that movie's that movie's got very similar themes to this movie that we're covering today, but mm-hmm. that, but that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, I know you just said your favorite movies in general, but what about Nick Cage ones? Do you is Trapped in Paradise oh, really that high up there, or is it just? I mean, for movie? Christmas movies, yeah. But it's, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> me too. I was but like, honestly, <laughs> if I gotta pick a favorite Nick Cage, movie, not lose. Pro- probably Raising Arizona. Mm-hmm. You know, I that, love that fucking yeah, movie. That makes sense. Uh, out of years I've, of knowing you, you do always, <laughs> I you love do that fucking love... movie, dude. And yeah. of course, you know, how can Cotton Air just not be one of your guys? I mean, everybody's favorite movies. It's just a great movie. Yeah, and, it's pretty great. Dude, National Treasure. I also I do I was love waiting National for Treasure. one of you guys That's... to say that. I was waiting I was, for one I was of you guys to say that. I was hoping one of you guys would say that. I love those fucking well, specifically the first National Treasure. I mean, movie. yeah, no, the, the the two of them they're still good. The first one is definitely way more epic, but that was still like a little after like that was when I was a little bit older. So for you to grow yeah. up with that, Joey, that makes a lot more sense. Me and Lou saying like a late nineties one that we saw when we were in single digits, you know, that's why it's yeah. like, I think that's why I tie back to that. But also that, that era of, of that movie and matchstick men, like were still also really, really, really fun, really great movies. But geez, yeah, I, I've probably seen national treasure a million times too, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It's a, it's literally just a, a great classic movie. As far as espionage films go, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's an incredible adventure film, dude. Like, yeah, man, yeah. I don't know. It hits a bunch of really interesting things about like American history, and you know, it's just really cool. You know, that's true. I feel like we should just get it out of the way and do the duo pack of National Treasure soon enough on here. Dude, let, fuck yeah. Let Lou lay down his history facts for us. We get the soapbox corner. Let's uh, make it a whole Zach. Nick Cage year. Every movie we pick this year will be a Nick Cage movie. We Whoa. can do it. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> we might have to. We might have to like, like cut it, some out scared. because. Yeah, we, we. I'm into it, but like, we should probably do some internal voting between us to figure out what lie. we're gonna do and what we're not gonna do. I don't want to. I'm not gonna lie. I was off. gonna wait, but like, I can't get it out of my head this whole year. I was gonna wait till we got like four episodes deep. And I named off a couple episodes, and you guys are like, "Are you just gonna pick Nick Cage movies this year?" I'm be like, "Yeah, <laughs> that was my plan for the whole year. I was just gonna pick Nick Cage movies." Well, I'll probably forget, <laughs> so you can still do that. But yeah, I, I love the idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just think that's the that scene, or at least whatever that few minutes in the movie like reflects on real life very well. It's another one where you can tell that Nick Cage being like, "How do I unpack that?" Like favorite movie. That's such a impossible question it's like yeah that's how anybody that actually likes movies and a bunch of different genres feels that's for sure how we feel but we did we did we did good right there (laughs) no i mean and it's easier when you narrow it down to like nick cage it's like and i think i think the other thing too it's like his his catalog is so like vast because it's like obvious like honorable mentions like for me it's like i'm always going to put like something like mandy up there but mandy is never going to break top three for me because it's predominantly driven by visuals 
And I feel like the story falls a little flat. It's dope as fuck. It's badass. It's brutal. The so music is amazing. Pig? Cinematography is fantastic. Same kind of thing. It's yeah. a very simplistic story, which is fine. It is. It is. But yeah. like, I I appreciate how clever something like Matchstick Men is. I appreciate how much of like a popcorn movie something like Con Air uh, it is oh, to me. In the In the Rock is like. I, you know, Mandy is amazing. It's, I, I always tell people who haven't seen it, it's like, go and watch it. It's fucking fantastic. But it, like, story wise, it's, there's cool parts, but it's yeah, pretty that's one where, dimensional yeah, that's in, where in that regard. People. I know. Yeah, exactly. It's like very I, one dimensional. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's me being like, that's what I took when I saw it. But it was, you know, it's not a fucking bad movie by any means. It didn't piss me off. Like, some shit I've seen in recent years that just shouldn't even be deemed as a movie, but it was, uh, but yeah, you can tell where there's the audience. I, you know, same with like color out of space. That was one. I was like, Whoa, what the fuck? And yeah, there's not a crazy a, movie, man. There's really not a lot telling you like what is continuing to happen. It just keeps happening and going on and lots of colors, you know, like however visually visual stuff, like you said, Lou, but also, like saying those ones and the, or those newer films he did, especially out loud, really does make me realize like he didn't become the, that much of a fucking workhound until the last like 10, 15 years of putting mm-hmm. movies. That, you know, like there's definitely sure maybe he did like two or three movies a year if you look back in like the 90s and early 2000s. But I, I think that's that's about it. Like he definitely spread it out a little more. It seems like as he got older was when it was like, I'm going to just keep working. He has a million more opportunities, so it still expands out to, well, maybe I'll take more of these opportunities than I have been because he's just getting offered more and more and more as his career goes on. Like, I I don't know. I just, I I can think of, like, every movie he did throughout the 90s. There's no, like, weird hiding, like, one in there that was released on fucking DVD, straight to DVD or whatever, you know? Like, there's definitely, he, he definitely started doing that more later in life wasn't always his bag yeah kind of yeah. like multiplied it's... by then yeah like well, i feel like, like i said like, like that like that 2010 era was like big for him you know mm-hmm. in 2010 to like 2020 i guess you know like that 10-year stretch i feel like right around then or the 2010 era is when those started is when those straight to like dvd or whatever like were coming out that he was in and you'd be really confused because you'd be like he just did the fucking sorcerer's apprentice or whatever and now he's doing this straight to like there's like it's got a 3.5 on imdb or something i don't know you know he's mm-hmm. just he does though man he just takes fucking everything good or bad like i don't know he's got a specific process fascinating human being <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what i have all right we're done that's it what are you saying <laughs> Lou? no no i was gonna say the the one thing that was interesting about this movie and which is why I was asking you guys about like, well, tell me about what you think the plot was and like kind of how oh, these yeah, things right, stack right, up right. because uh, obviously, obviously this movie in a lot of ways, like it does, it reminds me of some of these other movies that he's already been in. I know Mike, you said at the top of it, it's like a, an amalgamation of like six or seven different movies. He's already yeah, been it in. Seems like themes that, that carry but... through it. hundred mm-hmm. percent. But what's interesting about that is like, that expands to like every type of movie he's done because there's definitely parts of this where it's like, it's goofy and fun. And then you have like the, the crime tie in and then, you know, it just, it, and then you have some of the ridiculous shit also where it's <laughs> I'm like, this is acid. goofy as fuck. 
Donnie Brasco <laughs> <Yeah>. situation. <laughs> yeah. So so it's it's really like it's so self-aware of like his entire catalog. Oh, and yeah. again, to your point, totally, totally intentional on that, but I like that they didn't snub it away for fear of like, well, no, let's just keep it to the quote unquote serious or like his big movies. It's like, no, we're going to tie in and, and make this ridiculous. He's going to see a giant fucking $6,000 dummy of himself, you uh-huh. know, like, and he's going to ask, how, you know, like it, it doesn't shy away <laughs> from that. I, I, I appreciate that fact um, that they didn't like hold back much like Nicolas Cage, as we we've seen, it's true to form, Ayo. you know, and yep. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's, there is something to be said for that. hundred percent. I'm on board. I, I agree. All of it. It's just the, it's the, the man. Uh, yeah. I can't remember what he said that his method is to Ike Barinholtz, but it's that. <laughs> oh, he has a really great answer to that. What the fuck was it? And that's Cause he was asking him like, Oh, you trust your, you. Yeah. He's like, Oh, you trust you. Yeah, you, you, you trust this uh, whatever acting over five years of hardcore intelligence gathered by one of the finest intelligence agencies on the planet or whatever. Hey guys, he knocks on the door and tells the drivers like we're packing up and going home. Like that was fucking brilliant. Like come on, yeah. Ike Barinholtz kind of an asshole anyway, so it was it was perfect. <laughs> Ike casting Barinholtz was great. Casting playing was... what he often plays, so it worked. Yeah, the casting was fucking like. This isn't one of those ones where imagine if somebody else had the role. Like, I didn't really hear too much about anybody else. Like, the movie was written for fucking Nick Cage. We can get into some fucking facts later on eventually. Can you but imagine like, if uh, you they wrote the movie that. about Nick Cage and had it all about Nick Cage and they hired someone else to play Nick Cage? Apparently, that was an idea. Believe Wouldn't be not. upset with it. <laughs> I, think they were trying to, I think they were trying to get Daniel Day, actually, to play the version of Nicky. Ooh. And then he just like, or they had, yeah. yeah, or somebody else was gonna until it was just like, nah, I'm gonna, I don't know, but I, if I'm gonna I, play me, I'm gonna play me. Yeah, it was pretty funny because there was definitely something where also when he first was initially attached, he thought that the role of Javi was like a more fleshed out, better one and was just like, oh man, I kind of want to be that character. And until Pedro Pascal got the part, like he kind of kept petitioning for like, can I just switch and have someone play me? Cause that would be funny. <laughs> Too many more layers, right? Hey, not a bad thing. Yeah, I think I that's mean, cool. There would never, there wouldn't be Nick Cage smooches good though if he didn't just play himself both times. So, well, yeah, I mean, which is it another would be pretty, pretty legendary. <laughs> yeah, of legendary parts. I mean, you know, I already mentioned. Uh, the the lines of the mo- favorite movie lines, but that's another one I always think of is when he when as I'm gonna call him Lil Nicky, just to see how Lou cringes when I say that. Uh, <laughs> you're Nick Oof. fucking Cage. It's like or he does like fucking yow Cage. It's just like yeah, he just did that in one take like for no reason. <laughs> that's so him. We wouldn't have gotten yeah if it wasn't yeah. Mm-hmm. If that was Dana Day Lewis, we would not have gotten that. That's no. what I mean, and that's maybe, a... maybe I don't, I don't know, I, I don't. <laughs> that along with the kiss, I always remember is like just lines or parts that are really funnier that stand out to me. I didn't know if there's any uh, any wild ones you guys are thinking of that we didn't mention yet. I think I mentioned a lot of fun parts, but I do remember that if you're playing piano, you can't talk to Lewis, so. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's pretty funny. You're exempt from this one, Lou. <laughs> yep. I just had I don't even remember that any other time I watched it, but this time I was it was so blatantly like, eh. Dad, don't talk to Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I really, I... yeah, I don't, the, the little like, you know, whatever CIA part with like Ike Barinholtz freaking out. He touches his forehead and shit. Like going to be fucking packing up. We're working for Sonic on Monday. Like that part. I think it just really touched my forehead. Too. Yeah. <laughs> did you, just, or did you not you mean you think you touch your forehead? Yeah. Everything just falls so apart. Weird. It's so good. How you think it's going to actually get a little serious and the tone really like changes but still keeps like this light comedy aspect throughout all of it because otherwise it's yeah there's just so much going on but yeah no you guys any any other parts to stick out anything else you got to get out of here i mean i love the whole scene when they're like tripping on acid and they're going and they're like out in town they're like those guys are staring at us oh my god do they start talking about it they're like they're like what if there's a paranoia part and then they get paranoid yeah no that shit was fucking hilarious and i love like when they when they like climb when like nick cage is like climbing over the wall and pedro pascal peeks around the corner is like so over (laughs) (laughs) oh hey javi buddy hey how are you oh dude that shit was just that that whole thing that whole series of events was fucking hilarious no you have to drive because because you you did your own stunts and drive angry or whatever (laughs) dude that shit was hilarious i saw the behind the scenes gone to 60 60 seconds seconds. oh gone to 60 seconds yeah and then he's just like, that's true. I did, I did do most of my driving in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, th- there was a lot of great scenes in this movie, man. I know. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, are you sure you want to see what's in this room? I have to see what's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, lit- I'm literally at that part right now. That's great. Oh, I love that. Dude. The memorabilia, all just the, yeah, the whatever you Those want to call it. Those are my guns. Props and stuff. <laughs> It's really, but the, again, uh, they're teasing that mystery thriller of like, is he the bad guy? And then it turns out to be this. And it, it always like leads you in the direction and then ends up being funny. Just like the double down of the Shane Black like style movies that we were just talking yeah. about last month. It still leads you into this comedy, which I love. But Lou, were you going to you gonna point one out? No, the only thing I was going to say is I, I really liked basically the opening sequence where he's going while well, he's talking with david gordon green but he's talking to a director who <laughs> yes. is is shopping parts and after they get done and he walks into the car he has that weird moment where he's like well do you want me to read for you he's like, oh you don't need you, to read for me you mean and it's like the entourage <laughs> moment <laughs> correct like yeah. i i thought that that was so like it was so interesting because you gotta wonder if you get to a certain point in your career as an actor when when is it too much to be overconfident about getting oh, parts. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or versus like, oh no, what the, well, I'll give you a call. Well, you know, we'll think about it. It's like, well, are you sure you don't want me to? Do you want me to do a monologue thing? Because I, I, I know. got something. But of, no, I don't need seems, to. You know, I got so something already just, prepared. It, that that to me like was one of the more entertaining parts of this whole movie because it like it showed kind of that real element of like, it, you're a superstar. You have a gift. What happens when? You're getting a little long in the tooth. You're 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 kind of at a different stage of your career where you'd be cast for certain things. You know what I mean? Versus like, oh, this is going to be great. This is the next big thing. I really want this. I'm excited about it. And it's like, yeah. Well, how do you deal with that? Like, as somebody who has achieved this level of stardom, it was just like a a human moment. Like, I feel like if I feel like some actors or actresses might feel that's almost too 
there's almost too too much humility there. Like, I don't know. I don't get like that. I'm fucking Tom Cruise. Like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, of course not. Of course not. I would never feel that way. But it's to see like people in that position. It I don't know. It just makes it real. It kind of grounds it a little bit. Like, because I know how I know that that's how I would feel if I was nervous about something like that, where it's like, you know, you don't know. Like, it was just I liked how that was portrayed. Like, that was I, it was well done. Yeah, well and it's done. Nick Cage of all fucking people too. You know him. You know him in a million things. Like you're gonna make him read. Like does he? No, he's just they're they're definitely treating it like he's at like a down point in his career for sure. For you know the, this character of Nick Cage in the mm-hmm. movie, like he's a uh, he's got some struggle with the whole like. And then we're back, baby, with the next big thing. Not that we ever went anywhere. And he's so critical about like not getting down on himself, but then just purely so desperate as fuck and <laughs> i think he wowed you know ddg though i think he definitely responded like everyone was like whoa because oh, yeah. dude everybody like roared during like as that just came to a climax and when he was done with that like everybody was laughing so much that i really couldn't hear like credence coming up over or like even hear david gorgon say holy shit you just kind of like could see him mouth it because everyone was laughing their asses off by the end of that speech and that's me being like is this like this is such a johnny drama moment is this over the top like that he's that he's bad while doing it or is it actually like very good that the director really is blown away you know like playing this version of himself of a version of himself like that it just reaches this different level that it's like yeah no wonder those are the parts that he was kind of apprehensive to actually do in the movie he for sure was feeling what you were saying lou he's like this is a little too close Mm -hmm. to home (laughs) but but the you know the second and third act was where it was like oh fuck yeah all right i'm in like the whole beginning of it was where he's like that's this might be rough filming these parts i don't really know how to because it's somebody else writing it too it's not just like him writing the movie Mm -hmm. as well as starring in it this was these two other guys totally independent idea just being like we're gonna get in a cage someday eventually they did (laughs) that's pretty wild man putting a lot of your eggs in one box putting a lot of your bunnies in a box (laughs) (laughs) there you go Put a lot of bunnies in the box Ooh, he's trying (laughs) yeah there's there are so many little nods to his like his other movies and Easter eggs and stuff in there too. The, I mean, uh, this is just <laughs> do it. Do we all do we all recommend this one? <laughs> oh, hundred percent. Oh yeah. I feel like so. That's here's the I thing: if it. you're a fan, of, <laughs> if yeah, if, if you're if you're a fan of Nick Cage just in general, like hundred percent, like you should see this. If you are not a fan of Nick Cage. I think you should still see it and then make a decision after that. You should still see it and make a decision after it. Maybe change your mind and realize you're wrong after. Yeah. Yeah, If you don't like Nick Cage after this, you're just not a good human being. Yeah, it's your problem. Yeah, that's 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 on you. That's a you thing and you need to work on that and keep listening to our podcast because we're doing a whole year of Nick Cage movies as decided 15 minutes ago. Hey, this man, is true. I, I always have the banger ideas. What can I say? <laughs> Joey I like is not a Philistine. He knows who Humphrey Bogart is. Not a porn star. <laughs> not a porn star. <laughs> Could yeah. be a porn star, though. You know, Could like, be a porn hump. star. Hump. They de- hump. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely went on a nice two-second tangent there, which I really liked. I had done some research just because I was curious about how much of Nick Nicholas Cage 
or you know Whoa. what is it nicholas coppola or whatever you know like how <laughs> much of him of of him right was was a part of this and uh in you know with the religious stuff i didn't really find much he was he was actually a little shy um and talking about it he had said he had said during an what the hell was it so do you remember um what the hell was it do you remember that uh movie he did like what is it like leave it be- or left behind do you i remember that yeah the name i don't remember what happens in that one but i know that's one in like the 2010 it's you know it's like 10 years ago or something uh yeah what the fuck happens in that one so so what so here's the thing though i know the name it's I know the it's, name. A, it's a series it's a series of books that were oh. kind of written for like teenagers about it's like a religious thing um Ooh. basically basically there's like you know the i don't want to say the rapture but it's somewhat of the rapture occurs for those that were have grown up being forced to read this my my religious uncle and aunt bought me this series of books when i was younger um i didn't read all of them but i read a couple of them anyway Whoa. nick cage was tapped nick cage was tapped to do this and he was so this is from entertainment weekly this is from 2014 but the the title of it is nick nicholas cage has a come to jesus moment and he said like when <laughs> a, when asked about like obviously this movie he didn't say so this is just how he says quote i've always been attracted to movies not afraid not afraid to face extraordinary circumstances my brother Mark is a Christian pastor. He said, "Nikki, you've really got to do this." When I saw how passionate he he is, I wanted to do the film for my brother too. So th- that's like <laughs> that's like his way of just being like of kind of working around what this actually what the movie is about, which it is a very religious story. Um, oh. <laughs> and he said he said he he did he did end up uh, he did end up elaborating too. Um, if he said, "quote If you look at my filmography." My work follows spiritual themes, but my spirituality is not for the media. Movies allow me to explore the inner world. So I guess take that for what it is. Um, I don't know. He he will do things for other people and projects he's interested in, but it doesn't appear that his beliefs are outwardly presented based on the movies he chooses or the roles that he takes on. Yeah, at least as of twenty four. At least as of twenty fourteen. Okay. Oh yeah, sure. Ten years ago. So, so yeah, so that that was that was an interesting article that I I had found when I was kind of stumbling across the whole like is Nick Cage religious because I don't know I wonder about that type of shit when you have a movie that's put out that's very meta and deals with an actor how much is how much is 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 this actually fully modeled after you know the actor or the subject right right. Yeah, so not 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 too not too much. No, no, no. Which is into which again, same kind of thing. It, it confirms that element of like you said, Mike, and being a workhorse. Like, yeah, yeah. I take on roles. It's just, I didn't take it on because you know I was my my brother was psyched about this this story, so <laughs> I'm psyched that he's psyched about it, and I want to do it for him. You know, because like I said, dude, if that you look funny. if you take a look at that story, like it's it's a super popular series. And it's very religious. And he, I don't know, just being like, yeah, I'm going to do it because my brother's a pastor. (laughs) And he told me to. (laughs) So I'll do it. He is just an interesting specimen. Mm -hmm. Very much agreed. But if that that leads into other factual things, 
then I can, you know, fully let you guys know how this, how the film, this one particularly came to be and why after many times of denying wanting to do it, Nick Cage finally gave in. Why? Why? Who knows? Well, it was all because he didn't, like I was literally just saying, he didn't write it. You know, he had nothing else. These people reached out. Tom Gormican and Kevin Etten. Uh, they both wrote it, and then Tom was the director as well. Not really, guys, not really uh, known for doing a bunch of other things or anything else, really, for that matter. But I do remember one big thing was that Kevin, the writer, was an executive producer on Workaholics the entire time that that was a show, which is a show I, I kind of like. People that know me know I kind of like that show. Yeah, kinda. I mean, it's all right. It's a pretty At, good one. It's tight butthole, or is it loose butthole? It's one of those. <laughs> but so um, in like an episode, actually, the guy, who the dude, Kevin, he does like show up as like a neighbor or something, just as some random part. But, you know, he had a lot to do with that. So obviously when I'm hearing about this movie coming out and hearing that he's behind it and even like, the workaholics podcast i think was like promoting it for them when it was being filmed way before it was going to come out i was just like oh my god well nick cage like the dude who helped produce or write like the workaholics show like this is going to be the fucking best thing ever and then you know pedro pascal what like all these things are just wow that sounds great so apparently that was in like 2019 or 2020 that these guys chose to do that. Cause you know, workaholics ended in like 2017, 2018, I think. So there's a little time at least for the one writer, but the, it was basically the, yeah, Nick Cage receives a lot of fucking offers for stuff all the time. And every time he get this script, you know, it was for years as being like, Oh, it was on that blacklist, whatever, like of one of the best screenplays that was out there that wasn't like made yet. And uh, he just like, he didn't want to play himself. That was really the thing. And so like, he really, it really did keep coming back into circulation for him. Like every year, probably since like 2018 or 19 or whenever that was. But at some point, the director, Tom wrote him an actual note. Like he basically had this whole like heartfelt letter from uh or i get or maybe it was the writer kevin but basically it was from both of them they're the two masterminds behind this whole thing and they wrote the script about nick cage trying to get nick cage saying that it was written for nick cage not just for any random person and then they're gonna glue in their whole career over like all those little plot points like you know with the face-off gun and probably him just jumping into the pool like leaving las vegas was all written in there because it needed to be nick cage and apparently nick cage just like really changed his mind he was just like you know what that was it was nice of them to be real honest and like there was definitely a little more to it in there but i think that he really compromised because of the role of nikki he thought was like really interesting for some reason of you know how we were saying he's playing a version of a version of himself like that's like a version of a version of a past version so it's just geez the layers to that man it gets crazy but it Dude, also the ultimate actor man I know, and that's why it makes sense that he would be more interested in that. And then when he's reading the script, he thinks the hobby part is, like, written better and wants to play that. And then eventually it comes to, you know, everyone gets together. They get all the people. It's casted fully. And he's, he's like, no, I got to be 
young young little Nikki. <laughs> that's what he wants to be. And I don't know. That's just I just think it's funny that like the honesty from people and be and him being slightly interested in something else besides like, you know, uh, or n- like not interested in the first part of the movie where he's got to really play himself and like have a family and all that actor stuff. He was not down with that. So it's really like, wow, maybe he just appreciates nice people or people that take thought or you know they basically said in the letter like dude we're not making fun of you we are javi like we are the biggest nick cage fans so that's why they mm-hmm. then got pedro pascal who is a self-proclaimed huge nick cage fan like they really were trying to like get it as close to realistic as possible for all the things we've been talking about this whole time besides maybe the cia you know having everything draft him and whatever that shit uh, yeah that part's crazy but everything else <laughs> for what's written like makes sense i guess for what happens that's pretty so, sick so like i don't know i don't know if there's anything else going on in there or if maybe he really thought that they were just ripping on him or something but that letter got through to that man and then and then it happened and, and they made this masterpiece they made this masterpiece <laughs> they uh lionsgate acquired rights immediately which is pretty interesting even before it was probably done filming. So they got a good budgie of $30 million for the budget. And it was mostly filmed in Croatia and Hungary. Uh, Dubrovnik is a place. And then I think Budapest is where there's some interior areas, but like, yeah, it's not actually Spain. None of it was in Spain. It was all shot in Croatia basically, except for like the one, the one or two, like, like the LA, the Chateau Marmont or whatever. When yeah. He's with- David Gore Green. Yeah, like that was really LA, you know, like that stuff. But yeah. for the Yeah. <laughs> oh, LA shot in LA. Oh my god. And but still, like this was pretty much when COVID was a thing, like in 2020 being filmed. I believe it was it was just under two months from like October to November, maybe right before Thanksgiving, like six weeks or something. They filmed it in pretty pretty swift with all the COVID protocols going on. Probably a pain in the ass. But mm-hmm. They also didn't want to just release it and have nothing happen a year later in 2021. So it really waited a whole nother year for it to premiere at South by Southwest in March of 2022. And then when I saw it was like around 420, it was and that was when it says it was released in the U.S. was April 22nd. So like I did not wait. I was on that shit immediately. And crazy enough, it did not. It barely like just made under 30 million back. It made like 20 million domestically and almost nine million internationally so like 29 worldwide they just Damn. uh i know i know man people just still weren't going to the theaters yet though i really think that's what it is was like think about it after 2020 it was like i'm going to see a yeah, movie or i'm not going i'm going to see yeah. the biggest action thing on the planet or i'm not yeah that's just that's why when you guys said when you saw it, I was like, oh, well, I'm not exactly surprised. I know we all like going to the movies, but especially the last like three years were, you know, it's kind of back and forth with the with the worries about the world and everything. Anxiety. It was kind of nuts. So it's a bummer that they didn't really make anything back, but I don't think this was going to have a sequel or anything. So it's, uh, you know, a streaming darling or a Blu-ray darling now, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going with. Um, 
and some other random factly doodles. Uh, there's some deleted scenes. Once you get the Blu-ray, I know there's the South by Southwest Q&A. It's only like 10 minutes long where they give you a lot of probably some of the stuff I already mentioned here, but a lot of other facts I have. And uh, Nick Cage specifically talks about how they did this whole like German impressionist or whatever, like very like old, early 1900s, like cabinet of Dr. Caligari, like homage kind of scene that was deleted. And it was like, they had all these different like sets of like black and white and weird German expressionism. It was just fucking nuts that I can't believe it was a deleted scene, but apparently like the studios just didn't really understand that. And it was a couple minutes. So they were like, get rid of that shit. But there's one other, only one other deleted scene that I got here on the Blu-ray, and it's called Wi-Fi, and it's literally just right when, uh, you know, Javi and Cage officially meet. He gives him the whole cool like hand symbol, whatever that, the Nick Cage thing is, <laughs> and right when they get off the boat and they just walk up the stairs, and Nick Cage goes, "What's the Wi-Fi?" and like Javi kind of, you know, like doesn't answer right away seems like embarrassed and he spells out national treasure too he's like n-a-t-i-o-n like and so then nick cage, just says, nick cage says out loud so national treasures too and then javi's like yes book golden book of secrets fully spelled out like <laughs> it's like i'm sorry i, sh- I should have changed the- i should have changed it before you got here i'm embarrassed and nick cage's like no it's fine and then he's like damn right it is a fine movie <laughs> And it's just like we just we just did that with National Treasure basically. So Yeah. I like that though, because you know, I don't think there was like too many eh, they probably I think he said something about how he was running a lot in National Treasure and that inspired it. Or there's some mention of it throughout the movie, you know, just like a million other Nick Cage movies that are mentioned. But if you guys got uh, the physical means or whatever of this, there are some cool deleted scenes and special features. So check them out do that shit uh some things that you might not have known though were the the ferrari that nick cage is driving when you pretty much first see him that is also or that is a very old ferrari like a classic car kind of from the 70s or 80s that hasn't been made in like 30 or 40 years and apparently right before this film was being filmed it was having like a comeback it was going to be made again so they thought it was really funny if they had him drive that car to the meeting with David Gordon Green, because it's kind of a metaphor for him trying to get his career back on track as mm. if that was dead, like the car <laughs> or whatever. Whoa. I know big cough. <laughs> it's interesting stuff, but another one was right when he meets Javi, the sunglasses he has were the same model Ray-Bans from the movie wild at heart. So a lot of wild at heart costume shit in this film. Nice. I like it. Of all the random choices, just like Lou was saying, that is a crazy one. They definitely talk about the uh, obnoxious, like, young Nick in the 90s on that talk show or whatever in Australia. Uh, that's that's pretty funny. That's how he's, like, portraying himself after or whatever. I don't know. I thought that was nice. Uh, and apparently it was all Nick Cage's idea to French kiss himself. Said he thought that would be hilarious. What for doing a Nick Cage movie? What's more meta than that? He's like the whole movie is basically me kissing myself, so I might as well actually, do, you know, actually yeah. do it. Yeah, the fucking layers, <laughs> dude. Like of this film, just they ne- it never stops. Basically, it's just insane. And uh, 
Uh, I don't really think I have too many. There's a million other Easter eggs and stuff, you know, like always. Buy this. It wasn't that expensive. I gifted a DVD to Lou that was not that expensive at all. The Blu-ray's out there for like 15, 20 bucks probably with some more features on it. Or you can just type into YouTube and probably find what I found. Uh, But like, yeah, I I ship that shit because there's interesting stuff always on there. And, you know, keep physical media alive. Woo! Oh yeah, mm-hmm. CDs and vinyls and all that stuff too. So you'll thank me when it becomes the apocalypse, just like in the Last of Us. <laughs> but not That's like the Last watch. of Us, but like uh, like plenty of other television that our lovely daddy Pedro Pascal was in. Apparently, when they're in a, shooting a lot of scenes in Croatia, one of his most famous moments of also being filmed in Croatia was but a few minutes of a walk nearby from this film. And that is the moment of when he is killed in Game of Thrones. Yes. I bet you're surprised that somebody dies in the TV show Game of Thrones. What? But that is also where audiences pretty much fell in love with Pedro for the first time. The role of Prince Oberon and definitely catapulted him to like everything else that he did right around that time which is pretty much 10 years ago like this dude has blown the fuck up in the last 10 years for somebody that's been around for what you know pulling the same like fucking john ham or like david harbour they've been doing this for a while and just really like you hit that you hit that one thing i guess it's just tv shows everyone i just named a big tv show made them famous so TV is still alive. All right, guys, cool. And that's what we learned. Yeah, there's like, I don't know. I don't think you guys watch Game of Thrones, but there was like no. this giant like pit, like very Greek kind of battle where he has to battle the mountain, which is like the giant brick shit house, like juggernaut from X-Men looking motherfucker. And like, he kind of has him on the up and up and everyone's suddenly like, oh my God, like he's going to win. This is crazy. All normal sized Pedro Pascal fighting this like 10 foot tall giant that's yoked out of his mind. And then- you know, he gets cocky and basically gets his head like squeezed and it explodes and is very gory. And I feel like you guys would like that, at least if you find that. But there's probably a lot of kids now like looking up Pedro Pascal's past work and getting through that season to watch him die. The most gruesome death ever is like <laughs> hilarious. I imagine lots of young kids being like, oh, there he is. Oh, my God. What the That's fuck? pretty incredible. It really, yeah, like they, you know, they kill people in that show, so they don't shy away from a lot of it, and it's HBO, so I thought it was really weird that I was like, oh my god, yeah, there's these cliff scenes, you know, like when they're shooting skeet, I think it was that mm-hmm. scene specifically, they were like, yeah, they were like steps away from where he shot that Game of Thrones scene, like eight years earlier, or something, and that, that was wild, and it was probably the the biggest thing that he did at that time, and then catapulted him, and so... Yeah, while they were filming, he like he went and like walked around down there and kind of had a moment and like reminisced or something, you know. And it's just like, hey, one of those journeys we're all happy for. Seems like he's a good dude, you know. So mm-hmm. weird and weird, isn't it? Just weird, but weird. Croatia. I think they were gonna shoot somewhere else, and then you know it gets cheaper when you go to these certain areas. But also this this one just kind of works out. It's not like the national treasure budget where you travel to seven different places, like. It's pretty much just L.A. for a second, and then they're in Majorca, supposedly, the whole time. So you can shoot a lot of Europe to probably claim that it looks like Majorca. I, don't, I wouldn't mm-hmm. know. I'm surprised Neil Patrick Harris hasn't done, like, events like that. I feel like yeah, in his, uh, in his latter 
years, so you know, like, since like Harold Kamar. It's like yeah. he's not above doing fun shit, you know, where people mm-hmm. love him. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, also just embraces you know, the goofy. Also uh, famous because of a TV show, and then reinvigorated his career with another TV show years later on. Like, mm. yeah, that that he he's also just a TV guy, but. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Harold and Kumar, that one was like 20 years before this. So you would have thought he would just be all over movies by that point and doing some con- some kind of cons or some kind of conventions, I guess. Oh, MPH, Something, I thought yeah. you were dead. <laughs> Dude, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Shrooms? Shrooms? See, that's a nice overlap. <laughs> so I good. We, I think we did it. I think I was a particularly good choice for you too because I wasn't like oh I gotta think of shit to talk about because nothing happens in this movie not like too much happens in this movie yeah a lot happens and <laughs> that's we what I thought was gonna... on Nicholas Cage the whole time so yeah, it's just, cool <laughs> it's... he's basically making us all come so yeah hi-yo what <laughs> yeah fucking <laughs> <laughs> great movies and and this one was fun too and that means we'll have to do some trivia that somehow ties in to the unbearable weight of massive talent something i found funny how last time we do our yearly usual parental guidance game so i can pull a bunch of movies that we've already done and confuse the fuck out of joey and sort of out of lou wonderful but we're not gonna (laughs) do that (laughs) what Wanted to switch it up. Nick Cage game. (laughs) So I still have a slight preliminary game tying into that parental guidance. Lou just gets to basically guess first. The the whole joke was uh, I was looking at the uh, amount of swear words. (laughs) The amount of swearing and swear words that there are in this movie, which is always fun to do. I've had some other games. I think like Boondock Saints, a bunch of those questions came up because they swear a lot. So it makes sense. Uh, there's a lot of swearing in this, but there's one specific swear word that is said 40 times in the <laughs> film, and I want to know which one you think it is. Lou gets to guess first of all the swear words. Would you like? I can mm. literally give you the 12 kinds of like. I can give you like the dozen options, but like. Yeah, let's do. Let's do. The, let's do. The, if you can, that would be. <laughs> I think so, that would be cool. Well, it, it counts out here like a bunch of random like swears that were said a certain amount of time. So I'll just say the ones that they have listed are fuck, shit, bitch, asshole, dick, pussy, damn, hell, bullshit, or goddamn. So the only two like conjugate or, you know, asshole, that's one and bullshit, goddamn. But otherwise, hell, damn, pussy, dick. Bitch, shit, fuck. <laughs> Should have just done Family Reunion by Duncan A2 or the fucking Seven Deadly Words by George Carlin. Yeah. But Lou, you I'm get gonna, first dibs. Go... Which one was 40 times out of those? 40 times. Um, <laughs> it's a gr- This is a great question. I'm going to go with... <laughs> is it? I'm going to go with Damn. All right, yeah, Damn. Damn's one of the choices. Damn is one of the choices. I, I'm not going to go with fuck because I have my was, reasons, but I'm going to go with damn. Go with damn. damn. <laughs> oh, there's damn with... and god. Yeah, that's right. I'm no, they, go with no. fuck. 
<laughs> Joey's gonna go fuck. <laughs> All right, we're going to do this until you guys get it right. So I'm just going to say that you guys didn't you guys didn't get it right. You gave a fucking damn of a Good wolf damn. of a but, but Lou, you Okay, to, so what was the Okay, next so option? uh bitch. Okay, you're get Well, I'll still let you guys both go. So you're going to go with bitch and then Joey's going to What do you uh, want to go with? Hmm. Let's go with uh shit. All right, bitch and shit, bitch, 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 bitch and shit. shit, shit, bitch. All right, bitch and shit. Somebody got it, and it's the shit. Shit was forty times. Nice. Damn, that dude says, be shitting. It said that fuck was eighty nine times. Jesus, that Christ. dude, dude be shitting forty times, and then, uh, but then all the other ones are pretty small. Like bitches said once, asshole once, pussy said once. Uh, damn is four times. Hell is seven times. Bullshit and goddamn and dick is twice. I think assholes one. Yeah, exactly. It's just so funny. Like alert the FCC right now. <laughs> all right, but that's all just so that someone can at- go first in the real game. Even though there's a a re- you know a, a real winner from the last time, it's really fun to just find a quick game so that someone can actively like. <laughs> Try and feel like they earned it, I guess, if that makes any <laughs> sense. So that's all it is, is we're going to alternate rounds of a classic that has been played here at some point a few times called Who's in that movie? And it's just, I'm going to name a movie. And y'all have to guess which actor is in that movie. Nice. That also okay. was in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Okay. Which, which we have, I think most recently was splitting airs. I remember that there was a lot of, you know, fun people there that I just kept naming out ones that I think there was like multiples. This is going to be a one. This is one person in all these movies. I'm like almost 90% positive. There's not going to be a second person that was in both movies. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. think of the main like five or six you know, or whatever <clears throat> recognizable people in this film. That's probably who it's going to be. I wouldn't pull anything nasty on you. And then we'll just alternate rounds. See who can get it. Okay. With Joey kicking shit off. Yeah. Joey, who don't fuck it up. Stars in the unbearable way of massive talent. Also starred in the film Valley Girl. Oh, Nick Cage. Joey, you have acquired one point by guessing that answer correctly. Oh, yeah. There are multiple rounds, gentlemen. And Macho Man Randy Savage has exited. So, (laughs) Joey has scored one point and Lou, a chance to get a point if you know who starred in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent and also a film titled Wind Talkers. Oh, Nicholas Cage. Lou, you have acquired one point, which makes the score tied at one. Which means Joey is next. Joey. Who stars in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent also stars in a movie titled Keanu. Um, fuck, what the hell is her name? Fuck. Uh, Tiffany Haddish? 
Yeah, that's her name. Yeah. That's who you want to guess? Yeah. Joey, you have acquired another point. Tiffany Haddish is in the movie Keanu. Yeah, okay. Uh, Lou, you have the next round where you have to guess who starred in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, but also starred in a movie titled Neighbors. Oh, Betsy. <laughs> it's Lou's turn. Oh. Uh, that is not easy because I have not seen <laughs> parts of this movie. Is that... Is this Ike Barinholtz or whatever? Lou is going to go with Ike Barinholtz or whatever? <laughs> yes. Lou, you have acquired one point. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> I just like, I always, my default, my default role Neighbors. for him is, it, no, 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 my default role for him is season three of He's Found It Down. Because it's a Russian right. pitcher. Yep. That's what that's I know true. him from, but but I, those, those episodes, the, the clips, you know how like online they'll have like also did TV, the top yes. ten clips from certain movies. Like yeah, yeah, it's like you know what I'm talking about. It's like the top ten top ten scenes, and it's like you know from every great movie. And yes, Neighbors, that was one of those. Anyway, continue. Yeah, yeah, he's in that. I like that movie. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, we're we're tied at two two. Oh my gosh, there's more rounds to come though. All over Nick Cage as we did earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Joey, your next question is that you have to guess who starred in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent also starred in a film titled Peggy Sue Got Married. Oh, man. I will not accept Peggy Sue as an answer. <laughs> uh, shit. I don't know off the top of my head. I'm not going to lie. Then you have to guess uh, an, an actor that was in the unbearable way to pass it down. Let's let's go with the well since his name hasn't been mentioned yet. I'll just go for it. Pedro Pascal. Ooh, that is a good one, Joey. How did you know? Never mind, you're wrong. Pedro Pascal is not. <laughs> and Peggy Sue got married. Lou, you don't get a, a point, guess. but but do you know Thank you. who is? Uh the, I just don't out of curiosity. Know this one. Nope, I don't know this one. No, no, we're, we're we're only doing individual rounds, so it's okay. But an early, not quite lead role for Nicolas Cage, Peggy Sue got married. Mm. Damn. Oh, sure. Okay, interesting. It is um, it's the lady who you know voiced uh, Jessica Rabbit and was in like Romancing the Stone and shit. I can never remember her name, but she's got that deep smoker's voice but then looks like jessica rabbit or whatever yeah i don't know she's um that that's a move like an 80s movie where she was the lead she's peggy sue and kind of has like a like bumped in the head like wizard of oz back in time scenario where like she's in high school and everyone's young again and whatever and like nick cage is like her man her man boy man boy thing no shit it's one of the earliest she she was in she was in romancing the stone She's the lead. He's, the lead he's lady. her man bear pig. <laughs> was she in both? She was the main. She was from both. Yeah, yeah. It's the same. Yeah. Jewel of the Nile and Romancing the Stone. Yeah, whatever that. Dude, Kathleen, it's fuck Kathleen Turner, dude. Yeah, dude, Kathleen Turner. Thank you, Kathleen Turner. There no shit. She, I see. I've, I've never. She's seen... Peggy Sue. 
I've never seen Peggy Sue's got married. No. So that I'm was sure. um. So yeah, you know, it's like a little more for the ladies, I guess, if you want to say that. But it's an '80s movie, and sure. I remember when my well, because my mom was the one watching it when I was very young, like extremely young, but was caught off guard because one of the earliest roles, even before Nick Cage, Jim Carrey had a part in this film, and I remember at a very young age his like two or three scenes being like, "Holy fuck, that's Jim Carrey!" Like. Before the once bitten or like Earth Girls are easy or anything like that, like his earliest of early roles, but still pretty early for mm. Nick Cage, too. So, yeah, crazy stuff. No points. <laughs> nope. As we go on to the next round for Lou, where Lou has to guess who starred in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, also starred in a film titled. Don't laugh. <laughs> Titled, Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris, MPH. <laughs> it was really hard to get through. Doogie Howser. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that unicorn? Its horn was so shiny. <laughs> Thank you. I love you. I love you too, Mr. Neil so Patrick great. Harris. <laughs> Rob so Cordry. Oh, shit. All yeah. Right. So there was so there was a random possible giveaway in the middle of the game just to do that thing that I do. But that only <laughs> makes Lou up by one point, three to two. And Joey, it's back to you. Yeah. And you can tie the game up if you know who from The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent also starred in a film titled Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh... I will not accept Spider-Man <sighs> as an answer. Dude, I, shit, man, I don't know. Was it uh, was it Pedro? Pedro Pasquale. You're just Pasquale? gonna keep guessing. You're just like, yeah. I'm gonna get one at some point. He I, did yeah. a movie. He did a we'll movie. Get him. We'll get him eventually. <laughs> this is not the one. This is not the one, Joey. Son of a bitch. Why? He was because he was busy doing TV. <laughs> that's that's just what I'm assuming. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Now, this is the first one. I don't think he's in the one that just came out. But, Lou, do you have any idea who's in Into the Spider-Verse from this movie? I was, so my my gut was going to go with, like, Nick Cage because, like, I know he's starting to sidle back into, like, some of the Marvel stuff. Well, I mean, he's been there shit. arguably with Ghost, with Ghost Rider. He's, yeah, he's been there, but you he know what I mean. Kick-ass? Like, yes, and kick-ass as well. So... That's what I would go with, but I, I don't I don't know for sure. Well, if you were guessing, you would have been correct. Nick Cage plays Spider-Man yeah. Noir. That is the, I believe, accurate title. So you guys haven't seen that movie. I mean, eh, he's... Yeah, I, I guess haven't not, seen it. I was like, I guess he's not one of like the main Spider-People, but he's in the group of them along with John Mulaney as Spider-Ham. I was bitten by a radioactive pig. <laughs> Like, it's worth it just alone to hear John Mulaney's voice. Yeah, that kind of sounds like it. <laughs> as as Spider-Pig. Not the original Spider-Pig, but as a Spider-Pig. So that's all right, because mm. Lou is up three to two still. Same score. As we head into a round for him to guess where an actois, a thespian, if you will, from The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, was also in this other movie titled Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Oof. Oof. 
Uh, I mean, I would guess Pedro for this one. <laughs> <laughs> so now Lou is going to guess Pedro Pascal. Hey, one of us are going to get one of his movies, man. <laughs> I don't actually know. Actually, you know what? Fuck this. I'll, I'll go with Tiffany Haddish because I haven't seen this Kingsman movie that you speak of. Kingsman, the Golden I, Circle. No, I've only seen the Kingsman. I've, that's the only one I've seen in the series. Oh, motherfucker, you haven't seen... Oh my god, you gotta watch these Dude, the King's Man was fucking wicked good. Dude, yeah, yeah. These, like, wicked these o- good. the other ones are wicked good, too. So yeah, so I'm going with, uh, I'm going with Tiffany Haddish. It's probably All wrong. Alright, well, it is wrong, because it was honestly Pedro Pascal. Dang. Oh, shit, I should have just stuck with that. <laughs> Plays the agent known as Whiskey. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I think I think that's what his name was. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, that's the sequel. But the dude, the first one's fucking great. Check them. Check them shits out. I believe the first one. I is wasn't on sure HBO how to Max. take it. Like, I wasn't sure like how to take that those movies because like it was like Samuel Jackson dressed up but with a sideways hat, you know, sideways hat, being like himself. But is he? You know, like it was just kind of like, is this a James Bond esque type bootleg slash? Yeah. training day but with the oss you know <laughs> or whatever like mi6 bullshit so i was just like i wasn't sure anyway continue joey yeah. it's your turn i will t- i will check out those movies i've heard great things about them yeah yeah they're all good um uh okay so yeah still still three to two which means joey can tie it up yeah <clears throat> if he knows Ooh, brother who Starting the unbearable wave of massive talent. Also starred in a film titled Gone Girl. Not Gone Baby Gone. Gone Girl. Uh, yep, see, they're was different. That, was that Nick Nick Cage? Was Nick Cage in the film <laughs> Gone Girl? <laughs> Fuck, I have no idea. Lou maniacally laughs for some reason. This this one I do know. <laughs> oh, 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 really? <laughs> Because I've read the book and watched the movie. Yes, I'm very familiar with this. Well, Joey already guessed, so who do you think is in it, Lou? MPH, dude. I will accept MPH as an answer. Oh, dang. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. no, no, Yeah, he he plays the... He's in it, but Lou's not getting any points. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) He's He's the jilted lover that she goes and stays with. And, fucking and he's really weird. Murders. Mommy issues and shit. Oh, he's so yeah, weird. Yeah. But she murks him. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, poor MPH, man. <laughs> I have seen I have seen all of these movies like at some point. So that's why I was like, I can pretty much verify no other person I randomly from this film will be in it. Like it's like I, I saw Gone Girl when it came out. It was David Fincher, I think. So mm-hmm. That easily made me want to see it. Yeah, the book uh, is good too. Ben For Affleck. those that are listening who who read, uh, you should read the book. The book's good. Yeah, the book was like a classic before that. So everyone else that does know yeah. that is like screaming in their cars right now. Like it was a book way before. Fuck fiction. Read the book. <laughs> Lou loves books. Read our read the Jumanji book. <laughs> okay. Um. Did we? Did we? Still, still nothing happened. Yeah, still nothing happened. It's three to two in favor of Lou, who we can't talk to because we're at the piano. But <laughs> we need 
to do another round. Is the and now Lou, you go first in this one. That's what just happened, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Then that means who from the unbearable weight of massive talent also stars in a film titled "It Could Happen to You." That's probably like the most vague of the titles. <laughs> is this? Is this? Is, I'm just gonna go with default. Then is this Nick Cage? The default might work. It is Nick Cage. Ah. Uh, okay. <laughs> wow. Son of a bitch. That I was trying, one, I I don't even I don't even know. I mean, I was trying to like sprinkle <laughs> in the cages. That, so. <laughs> All right. Well, no, you're doing you know good. What? It was just like that was like I, the majority. See, the thing is with the majority of these movies, it's almost like it's like I've heard of these. I've seen, you know, I've seen, you know, some of them or the majority of them, but there's some where it's like, oh, uh, yeah, I don't know about this one. Well, I'm that's why I Cage. Thought, I, I thought it was funny that I was like Valley Girl as one of the first Nick Cage ones. It's like, oh, if you don't know what that is, you're going to like guess maybe a lady was in it or something. And then Peggy Sue mm-hmm. got married, like same thing, but like he's still like the the one of the lead, the male leads, yeah. as they'd say. So, but a lot of these other ones, like you know, it's not, it's pretty much all side characters. I didn't just pick movies where they're the lead of the movie. So, if you saw Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay, you know the new Patrick Harris isn't a lead of that movie. Basically, that's what I'm getting at. He's in it though. He's in it. Still mm-hmm. counts. Doesn't matter, head sex. Reoccurring. They kill him. <laughs> Beverly D'Angelo. Right? She like shoots yeah. him. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I've, I've seen the film. I know what happens, guys. Jesus. Okay. So good. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we've only got like another round or two left. So, Joey, I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can pull anything out, but we'll see. <laughs> we might as well do this round to see if you know. Who in the unbearable weight of massive talent also started in a film titled Matchstick Men? Oh, dude, Nick Cage. <laughs> you, you got it. <laughs> what? I didn't Whoa. know what we were going to mention. I didn't know. I tried to just mention all the ones in this game that like weren't blatantly mentioned in the movie because fuck, there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I really wanted to do the Croods too, but. <laughs> Can't do that. Yeah, that's that such a great movies. joke. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, oh, I love Croods. I love Croods. I know. Too. I was like, <laughs> I, I, I'd rather have the fun jokes in there so that people can hear them and not just hear us like butcher the reference in a trivia game or anything like that. I was like, no, nah, I gotta find some real deep cut cage movies. And then I just, and then that one, I just gave up and was like, I'm just gonna do Matchstick Man. Maybe it won't come up. <laughs> He's got a lot Whoops. of movies. Like, yeah. Well. Well, it's, you know, I did have um, an overtime, like, whatever, like, tiebreaker if it was necessary, you know, lose up by one point. So even if Joey could get it right, you guys yeah, would tie. Yeah. But but only because I don't think I actually didn't think you guys would get this one as badly as I wanted to do it. I wanted to because I, I love this movie. <laughs> I didn't know if you guys knew who was in the film Game Night. Oh, you guys remember game night? Yeah, I do. That was that was Ike. It, dude, it's my turn. It, it was. <laughs> oh shit! Oh god damn it! And yes, it is Ike Barinholtz in that movie. That is correct. <laughs> no, no, Lou, no, Lou, don't listen to him. Think, think for yourself. 
I didn't know no, if we were well, just. I'm gonna... I didn't. I didn't know if we were just gonna do it off the rip. I don't. I don't know. I should have just fucking. Waited. No, I was no. It no. It was. It was. You. You. You can't win anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been lose turn, but yeah, that was like twelve or or eleven or thirteen, whatever. I had to do the odd number, you know. But mm. I mean, you guys got most of them. So. Hey, right like in the movies. beginning, you guys got all of them. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, we like movies. Yeah, uh, that's a great movie. It's a great movie. Ike Barinholtz is not in it, but the oh god, I can't remember what her name was in this. Actually, it's it's his ex-wife, the actress Sharon Horgan, who's paired up with uh fucking Billy or whatever, like the whole night. You know, there's she's like the one. There's the one random lady that the guy always brings a new date every time, and he finally mm-hmm. brought like. Yeah, that's why I was like, I know you guys aren't gonna know her name, but I thought if you like recognized her face, it would be like, it's his his ex wife, and I'd be like, I'll take that. That movie's fucking hilarious, dude. Yeah, there's a lot of big like TV stars. Surprisingly, for this movie that we did, that's a movie. A lot of these people are more known for like their TV stuff. Even the fucking dude who wrote it that I was saying did workaholics. Yeah. That's pretty. Well, you know who was kind of you know who I was confusing the roles of. To be honest with you, like especially in game night. Is uh, what's his fucking face? You can't. He's like, it's like sometimes he plays someone. Yes, sometimes he's overweight. Yes. Sometimes he's not. Yeah. yeah, he's the random cop character. Yeah, dude, his his character in that movie is absolutely fucking hilarious. Yeah, dude. yeah. I mean, he's just a phenomenal actor. <laughs> like he's he knows. Yeah, I love I dude. love that I love that scene where they're all playing the where they all go over to his Jenga? apartment or whatever. No, when they go to when they over over when uh, it's uh Jason goes over to his apartment, and fucking spills like wine or some shit all over the place. Like, dude, he's and it gets all over. Oh yeah, he bleeds all over the dog and shit. He bleeds all over. Yeah, (laughs) dude, that that's dude, that shit was absolutely fucking hilarious. Yeah, they're supposed to they like go over and play. They're playing Jenga like while distracting him. Yes, that's that's right. Yes, yeah. He like yells. He's like no, and then he's like. He audibly gasped or something like that. Like what Jesse <laughs> Plemons said. And they're like, okay, everybody, we gotta go. And they all just fucking leave. <laughs> they just leave immediately. It's such a that that movie's another just like bonkers. I'll we'll end up doing it on the pod probably. Yeah, that'd be a like, good one. There's action, there's comedy, there's all this like mystery going on and suspense and shit. Oh, uh, that's funny. That's a good one. Don't don't know if we've mentioned that enough when we talk about Jason Bateman regularly. So (laughs) now Lou knows that he's got to watch that, but also he knows that he won the games for tonight and will more than likely end up leading into what he wants to do as his choice next. So use that to your advantage, Lou. Not like it matters. I I shall. No, it does. It does matter. You don't Um, know what game I'm going to choose next. (laughs) No, I don't. I don't. Um, I don't yet either. Yeah, I I don't, honestly, until the very last minute. That's the last thing I do. (laughs) Every fucking time.